Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Miami Nice. It is 11.17 on a Saturday night. I'm standing on a rooftop. We're staring out into the distance, musing about how terrible the Oscars discourse is. And one of the things we can unequivocally say is that two films that I deeply love and abide have been unsullied by this disgusting golden statue. One of them is Michael Mann's 1995 undeniable crime masterpiece, Heat. And the other is this undeniable and somewhat perplexing to Michael Mann himself, according to certain Q&As, um, masterpiece, Miami Vice. You are listening to the podcast Miami Nice, which is a horny campfire for this movie. I am one half of the partnership streaming down a freeway to save one of our informants who's been absolutely ruined by Agent Fujima in the FBI. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk to her first, Katie Walsh. Katie, welcome back uh, to another episode. I, I'm thrilled to be here. I, anytime we can saddle up to the campfire is, is going to be a good time. It's going to be a good hour or so yes. of chit-chat. And we can move on. We can move on from this nonsense and get down to the important things. And so we have an important TV culture, film critic, one of my favorite people to talk to. And you know what? One of my favorite people to talk about particularly horny things um, her reaction the other day on Twitter of the Antonio Banderas assassins gif when she found out that Anna de Armas's blonde was getting an NC-17 rating uh, is just exactly enough credentials. You don't need to know anything else about her immense and great writing and where she's uh, contributed and, and how many other great shows she's brought to One Eight Minute Productions. All you need to know is that uh, she's one of my, uh, you know, I think one of the scholars of horniness in movies and television, ladies and gentlemen. So here she is. It's Roxana Haddadi. Have you ever had an introduction that good? No. And like, there's no way I'm going to live up to it. <laughs> We're all going to be saying like, both of you are going to be saying really intelligent, thoughtful things. And I'm just going to be like, how much, how greasy do you think Colin's hair would be? Is it like brushes against your neck? Like, how do we, you know, would that's that exactly what we want to talk that's about. That's the only uh, questions we have left. That's, all yes. we have left. that's it. Like, was it moose? Was it hairspray? Like, no, natural up? musk. I mean, <laughs> that man really does look like he has a lot of it, and I'm available to receive. So it's fine. It's fine. The question that I have, and this is a very valid question, exactly, is the humidity. You, he must have something. It's a great place to start. There must be something in the hair because the Miami humidity must have been disgusting. Oh, true. Like to keep it from frizzing. To, to go the yeah. frizz, right? Like if my, my beautiful wife, Sam, she's got long, beautiful, curly, like wavy hair. 
And she hates it sometimes because she's just like, it just is turning into a lion's mane today. And that's in the humidity. So I imagine Colin Farrell, I don't know, he's got the thick Irish hair. I don't know if it's just that. I don't know if it's going to like go all over the place. We've seen his Alexander Buffon. I'm sure that oh. had to have been something, right? Something in there. Jaffet. Jaffet. Tell us what was in <laughs> Colin's hair. Yeah, the insiders. The insiders. So um, all of that nonsense aside, which uh, is exactly what we want to bring to the discourse of cinema. Um, Rox, I know that you're such a fan of lots of kind of, shall we say like adult movies with people who actually have relationships and, and sure. their feelings and those sorts of things. But I know that you particularly have an affinity for Michael Mann and this flick. Um, so can you just like uh, give Katie, because this is the first time that the three of us have all chatted together, give Katie a bit of like an introduction into your appreciation of this movie uh, and and also fused with that beautiful, you know, Colin Farrell and his co-star from A New World in Running Shorts and how those two, th- those two poles of your interests meet. That's, you know, how to, okay, again, how to live up to this. Well, I mean, I think we, you know, we have talked about this before, which is my general sense that I think Michael Mann is actually one of our last cinematic champions of capital R romance yes. and like these big emotional feelings and bonds and attractions between people that sort of define all of your actions and reactions to the world around you. I think that he is really interested in once you have somebody in your life, how do you then structure yourself around that person? And what changes in you when you pick someone or when that person picks you? Like what is controllable about attraction and what isn't, what just happens, right? Like what's kinetic and dynamic and you can't quantify it. And from a cinematic point of view, there are a lot of ways that he does this, which is that he Michael Mann loves to show us people kissing like he loves it like (laughs) his makeout scenes are always so good because there's a lot of tension and build up and just sort of the tenor of that person is looking at you you're looking back at that person what's happening what are you thinking what do you know what don't you know so I think he sets up a lot of really good narrative binaries that then come to life and how he frames how people look at each other or interact with each other. So I just think he's one of the last filmmakers, and this is going to be reductive, but fine. I think he's one of the last male filmmakers of a certain age who cares about this sort of thing. Um, So when we talk about like dad movies I think there is an argument that Michael Mann makes dad movies but like he makes movies for dads who fuck you know like it's (laughs) it's good I it's it's good it's really good so I think that something that I love to do is to watch like Last of the Mohicans, Miami Vice, Black Hat, Heat like all the heavy hitters all have these really prevalent romantic subplots that navigate the distance between loneliness and being alone to of course quote heat, but all of them do that in really fascinating ways. And I think Miami Vice does it so well because we, you know, like Colin Farrell is a heartthrob, obviously, 
But I think he's somebody like Brad Pitt in that he is this very handsome man who just wants to be a character actor. And I think Miami Vice really blends those dualities. Like on the one hand, he is not like peak Colin Farrell hot traditionally. You know what I mean? It is still, there is still like a mullet happening. (laughs) And like, as we talked about, he's very Christian sweaty. So like, I think they attempt to make him not hot. But then he's like salsa dancing and he's just (laughs) in the speedboat and there's so much that's happening that it's like this man really wants to be in love. He wants to give his life over to someone else and to share in what that means. Um, And I just, I really just love everything about it so that was beautiful that was so good thank you 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 preface with like i'm gonna disappoint and you've already leveled me once like my favorite thing now is looking back at the videos of these podcast chats and it's like all the times i'm like my head's on my table because i'm cackling i'm like this is (laughs) this should be a super cut um but but i think you're right there's one thing it's like i know we've probably all had these experiences in our lives where like you see a guy and this is what guys do especially Mm -hmm. very like alpha dudes you hang around a bunch of guys and you see a guy and he might have like a funny haircut and they're like oh look at this guy with his shit haircut but then like you realize that well he's actually really put together and oh my god look at that car and look at the way that he drinks that drink and then you just see all of the lady friends of yours just looking at him just going oh jeez <laughs> that's colin farrell that's colin farrell in this movie it's like i oh, look at his crap haircut and and all the women are like yeah yeah yeah, yeah stop 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 like you know, that's, that's just you just getting me a GNT. You just shut the fuck up right now, okay? Um, but yeah, it's. I, I think you also touched on something which is about the Sunny character is that whole like he never has to say I'm alone. That whole I'm I'm alone but not lonely in this movie. But the thing that especially in the director's cut or the Miami Nice cut of this movie um, that that has all that director's cut material is that you see that how Tubbs and Trudy, like Tubbs defines the importance of what he's doing in that he can still maintain a connection with someone to keep his reality, like keep his sanity. Whereas the, the Sonny character doesn't have any of that. And so that when he sees Isabel and when you said like, just at a look, my favorite thing is like where Isabel's like, they're at that port, some South American port unnamed and she like pops out of the car and she looks for him on the boat and she looks at, like she's looking for him and she's kind of lost and then she looks at him and then she smiles and gets this big beautiful smile on her face and she sort of bites her bottom lip and gives him a little nod and then and then he sort of doesn't react but then he gives her the nod i'm just like that is like that's the memeable content of this movie to, to 10 out of 10 it's just like that look you're like oh yeah these two these two just can't get enough of each other and it's really it's it's so good for us as viewers to watch that again and again because those bits are just like oh yes that's great that's so good
I think what he does, he makes so cinematic is like that yearning, that longing. And that's the shit that we're just like, ah, yes, put it in my veins. Like, (laughs) I want to see some cinematic yearning. Um, Which like you also get a little bit with with Trudy and Tubbs. And like, I also think like, there, I love the the relationship in Manhunter mm. with, uh, you know, like that just gives it so much more stakes. Like it just makes everything so much. He just wants to get back yes, to his family. And so, um, you know, I, I talked to someone recently who was sort of like criticizing the female characters in Michael Mann films. And I just love that they're, the relationships feel so real and adult and that the women have agency and that the women are like, like able to you know they're real people and they're they are like hey man like it may be like that the story is focused on the men but i I mean miami miami vice it feels very egalitarian um but yeah the the, i I love the the women and the romances and michael mann films too i love molly graham in oh sorry roxa i love molly graham in manhunter there's just one bit it's like dennis farina plays jack crawford like so it's all in steeped in the thomas harrisness of it all so it has that thing so people can argue these for days but just as two characters farina this big tough experienced cop coming back like pretending to sort of like you know lure will oh we need you will and he's sort of like and what's so cool about the beginning of that movie is like will knows it's a mistake he knows mm-hmm. that it's going to impact his life and then the second thing is he's like trying to talk to molly and like oh i'm you know i'm going to look after him and she just like straight up to dennis farina is just like you're talking bullshit. you're taking right. him away you're probably going to get him hurt or killed you don't care who has to pick up the pieces in his life You're supposed to be his friend, Jack. Why didn't you leave him alone? If he decides to do it, Molly, I'll keep him as far away from it as I can. And then they have that amazing, you know, blue-lit, gorgeous scene together um but i always love that conflict because i love the idea that he's going there to say to my wife oh i've got to go and do this thing and she's like she actually grounds the emotional reality there and goes no you're going to take him away you're going to yeah, take him she away like, from me and you're going to calls it out yeah calls it straight out right, right yeah. on front <laughs> you're going to damage this guy and so the movie makes no bones about that and i really like that sorry rocks please go ahead all i was going to say is two things one to your point Every relationship that I root for in a Michael Mann movie is like objectively a mistake in terms (laughs) of the plot. Like none of them are supposed to happen. They're always with like, you know, the your best friend's sister who like you shouldn't be with and like oh like a a drug dealer you're supposed to be (laughs) investigating (laughs) they're all really morally compromised which i think adds to that element of this is sort of dangerous and risque but to katie's point but like we can't stay away from each other Mm -hmm. that like yearning and longing so i think he is very smart in how again the binaries he creates these characters who should be parallel and he makes them perpendicular and then asks you to care and we always do and then the other thing that i think is interesting is like i in general sort of have a love and hate relationship with the bechdel test because it's this idea of like i don't think you can only define female characters by the content of their dialogue necessarily um, but I think 
Michael Mann movies are so fascinating in how they sort of subvert that test because a lot of the times it is only the love interests, quote unquote, talking to the male characters. But I have never once doubted that these women have like full interior lives Mm -hmm. and that they have their own interests and motivations and deviations. I mean, I think about heat all the time and that we just stayed on this conversation where she's talking about her job at the bookstore. (laughs) 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 Like how many other movies would like care enough to have her be like, Oh yeah, I really like that art book. Like when I'm organizing the bookstore, Movies don't really <laughs> care about that sort of thing. And, and, tell, and telling you the torture of freelancing life. She's like, yeah, I've done a couple of album covers, but I need a job to live. In yeah. Co-. I'm like, it's that's amazing. freelancing now, guys. That's, yeah. that's freelancing now. Very hashtag bleak. Um, <laughs> but like, but so there's that, you know, and then there is again, sort of in like Black Hat, like the characters are like, okay, one of them is like FBI tough woman played by viola davis and then there is again if you wanted to be very reductive like this little sister computer programmer character but i think he coaxes these really thoughtful performances out of everyone that yes reflect what's happening in the plot but also hint at like these people go home to a house and maybe a family or maybe not a family and they do things on weeknights. You know what I mean? Like there is just that sort of like overwhelming world building that he does very economically that I always mm-hmm. think is really impressive. And that's yeah. the st- sort of stuff to me that like informs a relationship or a romance because I want to know like, what do you do? Who are you? What do you care about? And I think he makes sure that his characters do the same thing. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I think the Bechdel test is like an imperfect tool. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know that I need to like say more than that, but like, I understand yeah. like it helps you bring attention to these types of problems in writing and characterization. But I don't think that it like the rule, you know, it's like two women have to, two named women have to talk to each other about something other than a man. And I think that there are plenty of like actually really interesting films with great female characters, even feminist films that don't pass the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I I love what you said about what when you can look at a text, when you see what the people are like in their quiet moments, because like a really like real parenting moment happens in Heat, which is like the kids go to bed and then mom and dad talk about money. Like, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like I'm yes. telling you right now. That's real as real shit is like the kids go to bed and then mom and dad stress about, do we have this? What's happening? Mortgage payments of this. Yeah. What do we need? What's happening? And there's just such a, a grounded moment. And so like, even though Chris is a loose cannon and he abs and a loose unit and he's wanting to go out and party or whatever. I love Charlene, Ashley Dudd's character, like counting the cash, doing the math, She's thinking of the mortgage payments and those things, and then trying to have a, an adult conversation with this man. Late. Ooh, you look too good to go on. Could just jump you right here. Where is it? Uh, Squared the bookies, baby. It's more in a couple days, so don't sweat it. Come on, we really are late. Yeah, come on, you gotta be kidding me. Honey, it ain't worth the risks you take for 8,000. Like in risk versus reward, baby. Let's go. Okay. 
Get your coat. There is no point talking to you, because all you are is a child grown older. What's this supposed to mean? It means we're not making forward progress like real grown-up adults live in our lives, because I'm married to a gambling junkie who won't listen. Charlene, get in the fucking car. What am I doing in this rat bastard situation? You're not! What do you want from me? Leave the bank book and the car keys in the kitchen on your way out the door. Now, are we going or are we going along? You could keep that other crap, but Dominic would go with me. Don't you think about When our kids go to bed, that's when my wife and I get to talk to each other, you know what I mean? Like have an adult conversation because mm -hmm. the kids around you're like doing parenting stuff and making sure that their routine is right. And so even though that in the midst of this epic heist movie that mum and dad are talking about how the mortgage payments are going to get paid, like I, I, I think that that's so good. And like you just nailed it, which is Bechdel's useful. It's a good like a lens. But then it yeah. doesn't, it discounts interiority. And so you can love a movie from a character's inter interiority, like battling against these things. Um, but like there are plenty of movies, like uh, for example, Silence of the Lambs is a famous one that passes, right? Passes the Bestial Test, which is great. Mm -hmm. But why do people love Silence of the Lambs? It's not because it passes the Bestial mm -hmm. Test. It's because like Clarice has amazing interiority, even though most of her interactions are with men. She's like an icon. Like she's there like battling in this world and and demi is like shooting her as this person who's oppressed there's that great elevator thing that's been memified of her like being in there right elevator. this is a this is a woman in the working world and it's just like she's standing in the elevator and all these dudes like with a look on her face like jesus christ um and uh you know you see that and i feel like that mm -hmm. interiority is the next the next layer underneath it absolutely so what actually triggered um us talking was um the hotness of anyone can the hotness quotient of anyone being significantly increased by someone wearing body armor. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so that is what I want to dive into because when any of our great guests that come and join us on the show, it's so funny to just go back, you know, some people, for some people, it's the, you know, obviously the action for this and that. And then some people, it's, it's just the shirts. It's the shirts fitting <laughs> or the body armor. And I'm like, actually, this is the kind of, this is where I think some of our people who listen to the show and people who enjoy it um, go, yeah, this is what I want to talk about. The, the, your little weird uh, entry point into why you love this movie. So Rox, tell me about the hotness of body armor and Colin Farrell and why the hotness quotient significantly increases uh, once he's in that, uh, you know, sleeveless singlet and a body. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious, but let's just, I think this is a good avenue to go down. Yeah. Okay. So God, the hotness of body armor. <laughs> I think that, well, I mean, okay. So the most obvious thing of course is like, there's a readiness right? That's like suggested by, by body armor. It's like, you're preparing to go do something. It's a Michael Mann movie. So it's probably going to be like intensely violent. It's like, <laughs> that's fine, whatever. It's okay. Um, but I think it, it signals like an intentionality that is very attractive. His characters are never indecisive. They yes. always have like a plan that is laid out in certain steps. And so I think, you know, like in that like abstract sort of way, the body armor is always, we're getting to the next part of the story. 
when somebody puts the body armor on. So in that way, it's exciting narratively because it's like, all right, we were in X, we're going to Y, I'm ready for what's going to (laughs) happen. And then you're like, some shit's about to go down. It's about to go down. (laughs) And then just from, you know, like a superficial. I thought you were going to start with the biceps and you started with intentionality. I started with what's the This is the beautiful mixture (laughs) of horn dog and insightful film critic. Just a horny intellectual. Like, what's the problem? (laughs) Colin's arms. Yeah. But then, you know, but then we'll use Katie's observation as a transition. Then you have Colin's like Miami tanned arms and it's like, okay. So like, that's what the forearms are like. Okay. Michael Mann loves forearms, which I appreciate as someone who also loves forearms. Body armor usually allows you to see what's happening on the forearms. And then something that I think Blake and I have talked about is that in black hat where it's DIY body armor with like magazines and screwdrivers, And so I just think like it usually just is a window into the fact that like these are characters who know what to do. And just for me personally, that kind of like resourcefulness and knowledge is always very attractive. And Michael Mann is so good at telling you and explaining to you why these characters are good at these things and how they're good at these things. Yes. It's like the body armor is always just like, well, I mean, you've already proven to me that they're badass, and now you're showing me like half of their upper body. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. And, and- well, yeah, it's so much of the professionalism. Like, he's yes. going to show you exactly how they're going to get this thing done because they're professionals and they're capable and they know what they're doing. Yes. Yes. Well- it's all about capability. That's exactly it. There was a time just before my daughter was born, I was like doing some martial arts. I was doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I was telling a dear friend of One Heat Minute Productions, Garth Franklin, um, uh, the great Garth Franklin from Dark Horizons about it. And he's like, huh, so you just, um, you just like lay down with other burly men (laughs) and and, and sweatily embrace them. And I'm like, yeah. Well, yes. And he's, he's like, like yeah. do you sell tickets? <laughs> he's like, hmm, I, right. I understand. Yeah. I, yeah. Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I think I, I think, I think I'm free that night. I think I can, <laughs> I think I can. And, and, and so that's the other thing about this is like, it's not only in, uh, and I, just to extend what you were talking about, it's not only that like, these guys are badasses, they're ready. And it's like, oh, that they play it different levels their game is going mm-hmm. up here and they're like getting to that very militaristic you know swap maneuvers etc but it's not only that you get to see the arms it's that the first action with the arms is like a sneak up behind this big burly guard and then he strangles him and then you see the you see the full rig right you see and it's just like yeah. in, on the ground like
there's just something about that kind of like snake-like vice-like grip no pun intended actually vice-like <laughs> grip and you're like yeah yeah i get ladies i get it i get you're it. like i wish i was the bad guy getting maybe maybe it wouldn't be that bad <laughs> i get a thrill every single time that mo I, I mean, as for as many times as I've seen this movie, like I'm just like, ooh, he's strangling the guy. <laughs> like <laughs> things are happening. <laughs> yes, I love it. It's like a highlight every time I watch the movie. <laughs> yes. The other thing too is that, like, in general, mostly in life, like military and cops, like do nothing for me. So I think it's like the subversion of mm. those, like accoutrement being used for forces of bad yes. <laughs> that <he> usually <laughs> yeah that's so true because like i think like we've we've kind of touched on it a little bit like is miami vice like pro cop and it's like it's not because the system is they're in is like so corrupt yeah and they're kind of in and out of it and sort of they're they're on this line between you know being cops and being robbers, uh, drug dealers. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, but there is it, it, there is something kind of like naughty. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say like, I do think it's an interesting question, especially with Tokyo Voice coming out, like where is Michael Mann on the concept of Blue Lives Matter? And I think <laughs> it's less that he's interested in that sort of idea right. and more always interested in, and this is something that like Soderbergh is interested in too, like in a system, how do you operate within that system? And most of the time that's like a heist team for man, like a heist team or like a family for last Mohicans, like as one element of a larger cohesive whole, like what are your choices? And do you even right. have any choices? And I think especially when he is looking at like the police, there's this system of like, a lot of this is like intractable and I can't change it on a mm -hmm. grand scheme, but what can I change for myself yeah. in yes. the face of like larger scale right. corruption? And I think that's generally what he's interested in. But yeah, I would hesitate to call Miami Vice like copaganda. Copaganda, I mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, it, I could not do that. It's, 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 I don't think it's that. I, I think, but what's also cool about Miami Vice as a text is that like right from the outset, it's like when, when you're dealing with small level crimes, these like these moral lines are really strictly drawn. And then as mm -hmm. you're going up and they're working out how much money and how much drugs is moving and how all these systems work, it's like, we know that it's corrupt. Like the sophistications of the counter intel is like, you have leaks because mm -hmm. the money's on the line and there are corrupt people just because the money is moving that like, we're going to put out counter intel and they're like, okay, cool. Yeah. So w in Washington DC, you have a leak in the FBI head office. Yeah. And just like, mm -hmm. so they're leaking it in the day PD. They're leaking it here. They're leaking it here. And they're like, oh, so law enforcement is not this, you know, this perfect white hat in every manifestation. It's, it's actually pretty corrupt. And even there's all the way back to heat. It's like Nate has a dossier on Vincent Hanna. He's like, this is my mm -hmm. guy in robbery homicide division. So right then and there, like Vincent, Vincent's team hasn't, or may have in the past, and we'll, you know these are the conversations you can have. Hate, but like, he he's not like he he's not getting a dossier on Neil. Like he can read his rap sheet, but like someone's getting a dossier on Vincent, no problem. Yeah, yeah. 
that instigates yeah. the next conversation. That makes Neil comfortable to have a talk with Vincent because he like then feels like he's got the upper hand because he knows about him too. And that's why their intimacy is so great. So yeah, I, I, I think Michael Mann is just like, when power and money is coming, there is going to be corruption. People are right. going to get Like he's I so mean, into that. The bad yeah. guys in Heat are just like rich guys trying to like rip off and make more money, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, like there's always this element of, man again like Soderbergh I would love to like do a pairing of their films but there's always this sort of like top-down analysis of like once you crest a certain amount of cash and selfishness there's no turning back from that no. and I think like his characters are always like slightly lower underneath where that level is and the question becomes do you also crest the wave and become an irreversibly bad person or do you find some kind of humanity within these relationships within these people you love that keep you from taking yeah. that next step and um, it's all it's always about like the individual within the system so like the system yes. itself is corrupt and then the individual is like either trying to enact some kind of justice within it or find their humanity within it or like learn how to navigate it so it's always about these like like if the more i think about it the more i'm just like yeah ev there's like corrupt police systems in every michael man <laughs> yeah, movie there is. Mm -hmm. there is. yeah and, and i think that's a lot of tokyo voice by my understanding is like yes of course there's going to be yakuza because it's a crime story set in japan but my understanding is that like there is this sense of do you have to become dirty to do your job or is that an excuse and you were going to become dirty anyway you right. know what i mean so i think he's I, always asking these moral questions yeah i have seen the the pilot mm -hmm. tokyo vice i don't know if you have mm -hmm. roxana but um, i'm reviewing it but i haven't watched it oh, okay um, and I would just, I don't want to say too much, but you know, it's, shall we put it out there in the world for the love of God? Why haven't I seen it yet? HBO Max. <laughs> I just asked. I just and, asked. Yeah, no, and, and, and fortunately the triangulation of the talent that I'm now talking to, we have contacts, but I'm just saying if there is any human being on the planet that should have gotten a little preview screener for this bad yeah. boy. Maybe this guy. I don't know. I'm maybe just saying. Mr. Maybe Mr. One Blake Howard. <laughs> maybe just you know, this guy. Why not? Why not? I, I'm just, you know, throwing it out there. Please, Katie, go sure. on and say what you're going to say. No, I, I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much. First of all, I will say body armor alert. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's my understanding. That's why I need some uninterrupted time. <laughs> right, just like light a few candles, yeah, get all the get lights off, lighting. just turn the phone yes. off, really like yes. zone in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a very similar. I mean, obviously, it, it it's based on a journalist's memoir, so it's about an investigative journalist. So mm -hmm. he's the hook into the story, but. Yeah, I mean the 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 POV on police and systems, even the newspaper that he works for, and like how they communicate with police, like that's the whole question, you know, the whole mm -hmm. conflict of of you know um, these two giant, very regulated systems kind of coming into contact with each other, and then this one person sort of being like, "All right, how do I actually do something within it?" within these right. systems you just reminded right. me of my one of my favorite lol bergman lines where, he, where he's talking to that cop who's hunting down the unabomber and he goes 
you make him like well, he's talking to his contact in the FBI because, about Jeffrey Wigand, and he goes, "You're making me two things: pissed off and curious." And I just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, that, that exactly. Conflict. He's like, "You're making me pissed off and curious because there's something else going on here." Um, and that's know, another sort of like theme. Like it's like you could argue that Sonny Crockett is that. You could yes. argue that yeah. the lead in Tokyo Vice is that. You could argue that mm-hmm. like all of these people are Pete are motivated that. by that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, um, yes. We've been talking, and I've been relishing in the female gaze and thoroughly enjoying myself. Uh, but I just really briefly, if we can, I want to talk about layering body armor. Uh, absolutely gorgeous uh, Hispanic blonde curls and ASMR whispering from Elizabeth Rodriguez uh, in this scene, which pairs obviously extreme violence and the unfathomable attraction that I can't even quantify <laughs> that I have to her in a moment where she tells someone how she's going to kill them. And then she does it with such level of proficiency. What will happen is, and I'm like, oh. Shoot me. She dies. Shoot me. Go ahead. Fuck it. We can all go. That's cool. That's not what happens. What will happen is. What will happen is I will put around at 2,700 feet per second into the medulla at the base of your brain, and you will be dead from the neck down before your body knows it. Your finger won't even twitch. Only you get dead. So tell me, sport, do you believe that? Hey. Get down! That is... (laughs) That's something I need to light a candle for when I watch this. Iconic <laughs> moment for um, Elizabeth Rodriguez. And like, you know, Miami Vice, it's egalitarian. It has something yeah, for everyone. Yeah, something it has for Colin everyone. Farrell. It has Gong Lee. It has mm-hmm. Naomi Harris. It yeah. has Jamie Foxx. It has Elizabeth Rodriguez. Maybe Dominic Lombardozzi. That's a little <laughs> bit more my flavor, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't, you know, take a shirt off her. Oh, my God. <laughs> Katie's, Katie's like dirtbag. <laughs> guys that she's into is that just my favorite oh my god i just i didn't expect like herc from the wire to be like you know henry rollins and hate beat red i know my taste in that henry rollins and he like walked so that henry cavell could run so like (laughs) those things make thank you that's absolutely fine (laughs) and Um, i mean like you always have again like michael mann loves beefcake like yeah and that's why we love Love that's why we love him (laughs) yeah i mean that's black hat it is really funny watching black hat now because on the one hand hemsworth is like completely miscast on the other hand he's so fascinatingly miscast that i'm just like i actually love every second of this like (laughs) you know there's two, no things, notes. there's two things that have happened in this episode. One is I've never been assaulted with so many potential titles of the episode after <laughs> I've already said the title of the episode from direct quotes from both of you. It's just like, I could, I'm going to listen to this. I listened back obviously to every episode to edit it, but I'm going to have a huge stupid smile on my face the whole time just so that you both know and the listeners know because I've just been having well, the do we need to dust off the Black Hat director's cut? Maybe get our gang together to watch Black Hat together. Oh, oh yeah. Let's I, do it. I think that's what we're going to have to do. Okay. I'll Wait, talk. how do we, is this the, wait, I'm so confused. Is this the one that only played on FX? Yes. Yes. Okay. I have never been I've able never to find it. I've never seen it. Yeah. Blake I've never has been able it. To find it. 
uh, Blake. Shall, what shall, the hell, man? Shall, shall we say I'm operating with some sophisticated counter intel over here, guys? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. People <laughs> come into my DMs, and when they come in, and it's someone I don't recognize, and they usually have a link, and it's like, my man, just in case you don't have this, do you need a 35 mil print scan of the keep? Yes, I do. Do you need <sighs> the FX black hat cut? Yes, I do. And so <laughs> it also only aired for like two months yeah. is my understanding mm. it was like oh yeah this is just like randomly a thing that exists on fx I know. <laughs> yeah. which like i love fx like i love the shield shout out to its 20th anniversary this year but what the hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh Give it I, to us. <laughs> so i i think i think that that might be another opportunity because um um yeah. i know uh, we've we had the funnest time maybe ever, Katie. Uh, oh my god, I, I can't even the, those... describe how fun that was. The chat was popping the, off. The chat was the funnest thing of everyone. <laughs> just like take a drink when was uh, when these things happened, and that they got more and more random and specific. And oh so my god, it was, it was like the they, we started out with drink every time someone says loads, oh. which is one of my favorite <laughs> jokes in Miami Vice. Which is not a joke, but every time they say loads, I'm like, <laughs> they said loads. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh after like an hour, I was like, everyone stop drinking when they say loads. Like, <laughs> Please for the love die. of God. We don't want to be culpable for alcohol poisoning. I was like, Daniel or Justin or whatever. I was like, stop drinking on loads. I'm really worried about you. <laughs> You're gonna have to start a series of like wellness checks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It was so fun though. And like everybody was so funny. We had we had Elliot Koretz, the sound designer, who was like giving us a little behind the scenes. We had a guy who did like bullet wounds. Yeah. In the, oh, in awesome. the, a guy who was working on the movie Roxy found out about our Miami Nice screening screening okay. and was like literally talking play by play at the bullet wounds and at the things. And we we're just like why? I, come on the show. What? What's We're going? Like, how did you get here? How did you get We're here? We're just like, here's the email address. Like, please come email on me right away. Show. Come on the show. Okay, um, I know it was so fun. And then he was like, "Oh, I did this. Like, I did this bullet head head wound." And when it happened, we were like, "Yeah, yes. there goes the mist." <laughs> He's like, like "The mist, job, the man. mist." Oh, so good. Um, the look, yeah, we should do black hat. That would be so fun. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think. I, I also, I'm dying to see that FX cut. Yeah, I mean, that's really what's important, Blake. Yeah. That you haven't given it to us already <laughs> is the problem. Well, uh, I, so... that, that can happen immediately following this uh, recording. Okay, but that's that's very excellent. easy for me to make happen. But I'm, I just mean that, you know, maybe there's a... That was just so much fun, our, our Miami Nice screening. That was just the funnest thing ever. So, um, And a few people are still like, I can't believe that that's not available. And I'm like, look, it may... There might be another time. There's always times that there may be the Miami Nice. We we don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want yeah. Universal smacking you know us. Lewis, with, you, uh... you know Louis Tosar's house, Montoya's house at the end of Miami Nice, where, where <laughs> Miami Vice rather, where it opens up and his entire beautiful house that's by the waterfalls in Iguazu is just like gone. That's mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. that's kind of what we had to leave at the end of that screening. Yeah. It's just nothing. But also, like, it makes it more fun because it's like you have to show up for a certain time. There's a scarcity mentality around <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Clandestine. Clandestine. Yeah. Um, 
Like He's the a, racer trash screenings. Did you guys ever watch the racer trash screenings? No. Mm -mm. It was like no. in the quarantine, like all these editors got together and they had this collective called Racer Trash and they would re-edit movies in like a vaporwave style. Like they re-edited Heat in a vaporwave style, which was like one of the craziest things I've ever seen, but it was so good. It it's basically amazing. Just, just like a music video of like, it, it was crazy, but they would stream it and then they would like, but they wouldn't upload it anywhere, A, because they didn't want to get copyright infringement, but B, right. because they were like, no, this is fun. Like, show up at 9 p.m., watch it on Twitch, like, you know, participate in the chat or whatever, and then it's gone. So it made it like an event. So mm -hmm. I think there's something that's to fun. for that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing. It would also fit very much with Black Hat because it's like, they're in and they're out. Hacking, totally. you hacking. know, like totally. that, that Chris Hemsworth, hacking. that Chris Hemsworth, gif of him just like <laughs> like that <laughs> oh bless you chris hemsworth chris hemsworth why haven't you come on the show i have a lot of questions uh, like i you know chris hemsworth we need to hear about the accent <laughs> yeah i mean i want to hear about the accent what? i want to hear about like how you essentially describe the plot of hell or high water by saying that you don't target people you target banks yes. i have a lot of thoughts <laughs> so yes. Please come on the show. No, it, it, this show is increasingly becoming like modern man. Like we've had so yeah. many amazing conversations about collateral, like because there was a crossover mm -hmm. of so many people who worked on both projects. And then there mm -hmm. was, you know, and, and obviously Miami Vice is sort of our centerpiece, but like so many people are yearning to talk about all of the, the surrounding movies because they all have these really cool, um, variations on the theme that he's sort of musing yeah. on at this part of his career so yeah it's it's definitely gonna happen the i i know that you rocks you've got a, a run very shortly but I, it would be remiss of me not to raise it with you now that we have you on the podcast there was a great story um uh, from yeah uh uh yafet gordon who uh, mm -hmm. came onto our show who was colin farrell's assistant on miami vice okay uh, Keep outstanding two-part <laughs> episode and you he, it was one He's of the got some good stories. He has some, he has some stories that we had to cut out of that episode. And, oh, um, I, I would believe that. And, yeah. and he described this. We were talking about the chemistry of mm -hmm. Colin Farrell and Gongli. And we were just mm -hmm. marveling like, oh my God, they were just so amazing together. And they were talking about this chemistry. And mm -hmm. he just said, they would go out to like Miami nightclubs together and be sitting in a VIP section. And he was like, Colin and would just sidle up on a couch with um with lee and just he's just like they were just like falling in love like that's what it felt like and so they I would just, just cuddle in these just clubs cuddle, with cuddle. her translator and so he'd be like whispering something in cuddling. he'd be whispering something in irish and the translator would be like asmr over the top <laughs> just like saying stuff so your reaction is exactly why i wanted to just talk about it because like and also the other greatest tidbit is like when it can like he goes there was the Jamie Foxx um, and, and Naomi Harris scene in the shower and right. Naomi Harris at the time was quite nervous about, you know, being fully nude. So they used a body double sure. for that moment. Jamie Foxx feeling himself was like, nah, baby, this is me. Um, and uh, so you got to love that. Um, but, you know, that, he's like, that was a bit more stagey, I guess. But when Colin and Gong Lee were in that apartment together, it was Michael Mann, like the camera operator and sound guy. Right. Colin and Gong Lee and a bottle of red wine. And that's what? all. That's all. What? I so many Close people. Yeah. And everybody else is just God. outside, like drinking coffee, like 
what's going How on much, there? What's happening in there? <laughs> um, I have so many thoughts, which are really <laughs> driven by the fact that I embarrassingly love an onset romance. Love it. I yes. love it. I could never be an actor, not just because of my profound lack of talent, but because <laughs> I would just be falling in love over and over again. <laughs> I just be like oh like you're attractive and we're gonna like do stuff together <laughs> I mean I, okay. don't, I don't know that they had a real romance was no, that your understanding yeah no, I, I think it was just that they like like for the character he like was yes. like I want to fall in love with you for yes. real and like yes. that will help me access the like the Sonny's yearning of it all yes I think it sounds very much like it was like a let's figure out each other's vibes mm. so that it like plays better on camera and like we're operating on the same frequency. Um, I just love picturing whatever nightclub excursions would need <laughs> to predetermine that. But I, I mean, just love how carefully we're all dancing around. Let's just say. Yeah. What whatever, are we dancing whatever, around? Whatever work they did. Yeah, establish their characters vibes to establish their characters vibes was surely respectful and professional on all sides yes like, you yeah. would never <laughs> suggest anything other than no, that. i'm suggesting that oh the, cuddles, act, the couch actually... cuddling and the shared red wine was reciprocal yeah, and consensual of course. and you of know what I... i'm all about it <laughs> i'm yeah. all about it katie what are your I... thoughts katie <laughs> i'm just like now i'm thinking about it i'm like i hope they fucked oh yeah oh yeah. <laughs> I really hope they did. If they didn't, that's fine. If you did, thank you. And those thank are those are. I hope thoughts. for Gong Lee's sake. After having yeah. seen one of uh, Colin's uh, unreleased film starring roles, which can be found on Pornhub.com, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I hope she did it. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? I hope he did it because she is staggeringly beautiful. She's she's, she's, she's unbelievable. She's so beautiful and, and right. has such a beauty that like weak at the knees kind of stuff. So yeah. when he's able to is... contend with her as an equal, it's like, oh, yeah. God, that's Well, great. and this is like super, again, superficial, but she radiates like something else happening. Like yes. her performance mm. in that movie for me is the performance yeah. because as much as it is about Farrell and being like, what do I do? Like, how do I navigate this relationship? She is the one who is in more danger and putting more on the line. Mm. And I think that is communicated so well. And I mean, you know, this It's probably like every month that I'm like, mm, should I just rewatch Miami Vice for the ending? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the ending is so good. Like, it's yeah. so amazing. And it's not what I want. Of course, I want him to go with her. And I'm always going to want that. But, like, that final moment of them just staring at each other, both really devastated. I'm like, that's the good shit. Like, yes. that's, that's Ashley Judd sending val away you know like it's that sort of like this hurts me and will hurt me forever but because i really love you i have to let you go and that's the romance stuff right yeah. that's the like that's the yearning and the longing and the like in a way it's almost 
the safer choice because if you can't be together then you always have the fantasy of what could have been rather Mm. than like the potentially mundane way a relationship can fall apart yes but cinematically like that's cinema baby like (laughs) oh yeah that's the good that's the stuff we come back for yeah that's the stuff now i want a miami vice 2 where they run into each other again I'm really, I really want that. You know, but I think of it as something like Dr. Zhivago, Mm. which has what could be a reunion. And it's like the most tragic moment of all time. It's like Omar Sharif thinking that he saw Julie Christie and then collapsing and dying at the potential that it wasn't her. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like that, like there's that tragic aspect of it that of course tempers the like, this is romantic and this is sensual and erotic and all that stuff. But like the power is in not knowing. Yeah. yeah and exactly. I think that's, you know, that's what man movies do. Leave it open. So well, leave it open. You, you like just, it could you go just, bad. you just want, if it was ever a two, you'd want him to think he saw her and just never, just never see her. You, you oh, want yeah. that. Torture. You, you just want the torture mm-hmm. of him, like meeting someone and then maybe mm-hmm. he sees someone and like, oh, he's got a manager or, or this person's got a manager and they're undercover somewhere in the world. And he looks over and he thinks it's a Bella for a f- split second and he freaks out and even get Gong Lee to like shoot it so that it kind of like melds. So it kind of looks like her and then it's not. And he's like, oh God, like that, like that trap. It's so amazing. All right. Well, I, I know Roxy, you've got to go. Thank you so much. I got to go. Thank you so much. This was so Thank great. you guys. This was so much fun. Yeah. Um, you know, send me the illegal copy of the film that you have and I don't know what you're talking about. Let's do it again. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I yeah, great, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. See you, Roxy. Bye. 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 Well, you guys just heard us talk to Roxanne Haddadi. She did have to run uh uh, off to something else. Katie, that was super fun. Um I am so fun. I am deadly serious about that black hat. We may, may maybe have to. Do I that. am deadly serious about the Black Hat Watch Party. Okay. I am I th- so excited about this. I think we I think we can make that happen. All right. So um, if you if you like that, um, please reach out to us on socials. All of you Miami nice heads out there, because we'd love to hear from you again. But we will Tweet definitely us if tw- you want the Black Hat want Watch it. Party. If you want the Black Hat Watch Party, we are. <laughs> Dead on for that Black Hat Watch party. I'm excited. And maybe so, we'll like it more because I'm not a huge Black Hat head. But I, I'm, I'm willing to be, I'm willing to have my mind changed. I am not a Black Hat head either. But what I would say after seeing the FX cut is that it is a, in my mind, a vastly better use of the material. Like you feel like you okay. have more context of the characters and Hathaway Jen is, although he's the main character, he doesn't sort of inherit the mantle of the main character for a little bit longer in that and so i really felt that that's something that's really cool in this movie the way that it sort of structures the setup because they had to change some things they thought oh we'll put the inciting incident here but just the way that it's padded out it just feels more like a a big cohesive international Mm. movie um in my mind and i I like it so but it would be fun if we thought the chat was fire for my i think the blackout one is gonna be uh it's gonna be a treat it has more to chuckle at and uh and yeah look as an australian um Chris Hemsworth's accent is just, uh, is something that's... It is like, like Boston, Louisiana. I don't know what's happening there. Who, who, who knows what's going on? It, it travels God the entire... God bless him. It travels the American geography like nothing else. Um, but guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Miami Nice. Um, we love doing this show. We love bringing you our, our favorite people to talk about it. We've got some cool people that are maybe in the wings. Uh, so... 
you know, uh, l- let us know. And if just like you amazing insiders have been out there, the uh, the Jaffets and the Elliot Caretzes of the world uh, who have even talked about on this show and, and the Justin Liebermans and, um, you know, if you want to talk about Miami Vice and you are somehow involved or you know someone that is involved in this movie, you know where we are. Mail at oneheatminute.com. You can find us. I'm on Blake Minute uh, on Twitter if you if you prefer that. Katie is Katie Walsh STX um, on there as well. So you can find us and uh, and reach out because uh, I'm, as as this increasing catalog of, uh, um, you know, the people's history of Miami Vice uh, is assembling in this show, um, I, I, I we want to keep doing this. This is super fun. So we're going to I keep finding yeah. ways to to talk about it but uh yeah it's been it's been a blast talking to you again partner thanks so much again thanks buddy Hi, this is Blake Howard, host and producer of One Heat Minute Productions podcast. We dive into the great and underappreciated cinematic works, often one minute or one scene at a time. Our crew of guests are some of the most wonderful filmmakers, writers, authors, and critics ever assembled. Our shows include One Heat Minute, Josie and the Podcats, All the President's Minutes, Increment Vice, and right now, Zodiac Chronicle. Check out oneheatminute.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts.